We are, mate, perhaps at Voyage's end. Kyrie, top rope, and on the brink of history. Oh, my God. One more time with the insane elbow, and Kyrie has done it. And if there is any question, who is the best bout machine in New Japan Pro Wrestling, it is that man right there, Will Ospreay. What the? What in the? What? What's it? Oh my God! I will save your promotion. I will once again change the world. I haven't forgotten what you've done, and I'm coming for you. Wrestle Kingdom, well, I'll be there. I must beat you to It was for sure an historic show. That was just a couple highlights from the New Japan Pro Wrestling Stardom Historic Crossover Show, which happened November 20th, just a couple nights ago. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris. Getting a little sick, maybe a little rough in the voice, but we're going to power through. There were some amazing wrestling matches, some amazing moments to talk about over two great nights of stardom action, one featuring New Japan Pro Wrestling and a man known as Kenny Omega. Good Canadian boy. Yep, good Winnipeg boy, good Canadian boy, making his presence felt back in Japan for the first time since 2019. Crazy the, how, how fast time flies. And even then, in wow. 2019, he made one appearance. One appearance. That is, it is crazy, man. Time does fly. Since the pandemic, the growth of AEW, Kenny Omega's been pretty much on this side of the pond that whole time, right? But it's going to be very exciting to see Omega versus Will Ospreay, Wrestle Kingdom. That show already has like six matches, and I'm excited for all of them. Including one match that we learned by the end of the show, uh, the historic crossover show. But, you know, everyone's talking about Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega's back. Kenny this, Kenny that, Osprey this, Osprey that. Matt, let's put some respect 
on the women's IWGP championship match and the women's IWGP match that's going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom because I'm yes. really looking forward to that. We'll talk about that at the end. I don't want to spoil the entire show, um, but uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. But I think that right now, Stardom is in such good hands. Stardom is such a hot promotion right now. Almost everybody who watches Stardom regularly it pounds the drum for Stardom, says this is the best promotion. Seriously, you ask a Stardom fan uh, promotion of the year, they will all say Stardom because the storytelling is great, the matches are great, and like if you follow the characters, they're very likable, very easy to get into. And yeah, man, it's just it's an awesome product. We saw a great full gear show with probably five or six matches that might make our year-end list. And I think the best two matches of the weekend so far that I've seen were stardom matches. The I agree. The best two, two I, matches that we're going to talk about on this podcast are better than anything that was on Full Gear. Two. Full Gear was a great show. It was yes. a great show. But it wasn't historic. It wasn't a historic crossover because that's what we got um, just a couple nights ago from the Ariaki Arena in Tokyo, Japan. 7,000 just over 7,100 people in attendance. It was awesome to see. I have some friends who live out in Japan who went to the show and the pictures oh. of the arena and the setup. Oh, man, it looked awesome. Like, before we get to the results, let's talk a little bit about stardom in general and this show. You know, this for a company that was almost bankrupt in the early 2010s, seeing where they are now, right? Yeah, they got bought by Bushiroad. Yeah, things are going well for them now. But things were not always this good for stardom, right? Like, it, it, it was really the three daughters, like the three pillars of stardom that kept things going for, for, for a really long time. Yes, those being Io Shirai, Kairi Sane, now Kairi, and Mayu Iwatani, which made the main event of historic crossover so important and meaningful, right? Because it was Kairi versus Mayu, two of the three pillars and the two who are still in Japan. Exactly. And the story of Mayu basically saying, Kairi, you left us. You deserted us. You're a foreigner. You're a part-timer. That was such an excellent story, and kudos to Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton for, for really putting over this story and really helping, you know, with, with the way that we grade matches here on BAM. Uh, but, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great show. It's crazy to think that just a few years ago, uh, you know, this, this, this company almost was gone, and this is where they are now. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, even I've noticed – even on the Sunday Night's Main Event board, people are asking more questions about stardom. How can you watch stardom? How do we do this? How do we do that? It is still, it, you know, watching stardom still reminds me of kind of like New Japan Pro Wrestling when New Japan uh, NJPW World was still Japanese only, right? Like, yeah. it, it wasn't the easiest. Stardom World, fantastic. But the issue with stardom world is because of, for one reason or another, um, you know, mainly because they do subtitles after the fact, shows are rarely shown live. Uh, so, you know, shows show up after the fact, day or two, and they only last on their um, schedule for a couple days. Uh, a lot of their major shows are, are pay-per-views where you have to pay an extra fee. Um, so it's still a little difficult to watch Stardom. The Stardom World... Um, 
subscription is about nine bucks Canadian, uh, and it's so worth it. It's totally worth it if that's the route that you want to go. But there's also the We Are Stardom YouTube pages. Uh, there are some awesome, awesome people who who spend their time talking about stardom a lot more than you and I. Um, like yes. you said, like if the people who love stardom love stardom, uh, there's just so much great content on YouTube uh, and and YouTube pages. Yeah, it might be a little old, but gotta start somewhere, right? Um, but yeah, that that's probably the best way to watch stardom. Uh, so so yeah, you know what? Next time we talk some stardom too, we should come with like a specific content creator. But right now, I would say uh, if you just want to dip your toes into stardom, find them on YouTube. Like Boris said, we are stardom. Follow that page because they will post full matches every now and then. They posted a full match, which was last year boris and i's match of the year shiri versus utami haya shishita won we saw a rematch of that which was actually like three or four because they did it a bunch of times last year but the first time that they battled june 12th 2021 that was our match of the year last year one of the best not only women's matches but matches i've ever seen in my life so follow that stardom page you're gonna get some good quality content just watch the long matches if nothing else if you're itching for a good wrestling match because they are there yeah exactly that that's 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 exactly the best way to go about this Uh, but let's talk about the past week in stardom they've had an excellent few days uh, they've had their gold rush show plus their x over with new japan pro wrestling before we talk about the new japan pro wrestling show you watched the gold rush shows do you want to talk about those yes i will i watched uh the two big hyped matches from stardom gold rush so the uh the big uh gold rush is a the, the gimmick around the gold rush pay-per-view is a money ball tournament so it's a trios tournament uh, where the the finals is contested in a TLC match with like a weird crane gimmick where you can raise and lower the briefcase, quote unquote, which is like a ball full of money. Anyway, I'm not going to talk much about that. I didn't see it. Uh, it, it kind of uh, apparently the money ball fell off the crane thing during the match. And that was like that was a bit of a disaster, kind of TNA esque. But anyway, so there were two amazing matches on this gold rush card, Kyrie Sane versus Saya Kamatani for the wonder of stardom championship, which is basically their intercontinental title. That's and then the rematch. Sorry. Better. Sorry. Sorry. That's better dubbed as the white belt. Correct. Yes. That is the white belt of stardom. And then Shiori versus Utami Hayashishita, another rematch for the red belt, which is the world of stardom championship. That is their world title. Yep. Exactly. Um, you know, stardom. I, what I love about stardom is that stardom has flavors of lucha libre, and by that, from by that, I mean, you know, it, it, very gimmicky at times. Things can fall apart, but even when it's bad, it's still good, right? Like, it, there's something yes. to be said about stardom. Um, you know, even looking at their upcoming schedule, they have the Stardom and Showcase Volume Three happening November 26th. That's this. Saturday. Now this show, what what's what's special about this show though is the fact that every match is essentially a gimmick match. Every match, you have a casket match, you have a judo jacket rules match, you have a false count anywhere match, you got six women hardcore matches, you got a tag team match and a four-way match. Like this is the type of shows that you're getting with stardom. You know, they 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 try different stuff a lot of a lot of times. 
Yes, it's like you said, it's just so much fun. Even a bad AAA show is fun in a way that WWE Raw never is anymore. You know what I mean? And a stardom show is just fun. And they also have some amazing, sometimes classic matches. So Saya Kamatani versus Kyrie, intercontinental title match. This one went to a 30-minute draw. The best compliment I can give this match is it felt half that length. Maybe. You know what I mean? This was 30 minutes that flew by. They couldn't beat Kyrie because she was going into the IWGP title the next day. And she won that match. So she couldn't lose this one. At the same time, Saya Kamatani has been a very pushed, uh, you know, strongly booked wonder of stardom champion. You couldn't just randomly take the belt off her. So this was, I, I think, perfect booking. The only way to do it sets up a future match for them. And this was a great match. Truly something special. I would go four and a quarter stars for this one. And it will be on our list at the end of the year. Exactly, and then you bring up some great points because it was at the the previous show, the 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 um, I believe it was the Hiroshima Goddess Festival, where uh, Saya Kamatani challenged the issue to Kyrie, and and I talked about it on the solo podcast where it's like this match, and I, I believe I said it's, I, I wasn't sure when it was going to happen, but I'm like it's a very weird booking, so if it happened before the IWGP Finals. It's going to go to a, a time limit draw. And that's exactly what happened because now, you know, are we going to see the first belt v. belt? Oh, I think it's a little early to go belt v. belt because you just introduced the U.S. title. But I, I just think down the line, once Kyrie loses this U.S. title, whatever Sai is doing, if she still has this belt, that would be a good time. Although, yeah, we, we could talk about what Sai is going to do. I, I don't think she'll have the wonder of stardom title much longer. But we shall see. Uh, anyway, excellent match on that show. And it was actually topped by the next match. Shiuri versus Utami Hayashishita. Now, we pounded the drum for Shiuri and Utami uh, on the year-end podcast last year. This was our match of the year. So, obviously, I'm going in a little biased, maybe, you can say. Uh, they've they've had some matches in the past. They had a 20-minute draw during the uh, Stardom Grand Prix, which was also excellent. But I think this is their second best match, topped only by the one that was one of the greats of all time. This is still a classic. I would say this is probably the women's match of the year to this point. The only thing I can think is close is Becky Lynch versus Bianca from WrestleMania. That match was awesome. This match is is probably better interesting that that that's interesting that's a very good take but again we're biased right like i, I can't wait to watch this match uh just because like like you said like this these this pairing was part of our match of the year last year we praised not only their june match which was just perfection but we also praised their december 29th match when shiri finally yes. won the belt Yes, exactly. And this was uh, uh, her defense over the champion that she vanquished. Yeah, so uh, Utami Hayashishita is basically young Tanahashi. That's why it was so perfect that she teamed with Tanahashi on Saturday's show. And Shiori is, in, in a lot of ways, kind of the Matt Riddle, the Katsuyori Shibata, the MMA-type Pokemon. Matt Riddle is a tough uh, comparison because, obviously, Shiori's not a weed-smoking goofball, but she's an ass-kicking menace in the ring, much like Matt Riddle is. She is the MMA-influenced, uh, you know, dominant champion. Uh, Shiori, the next big thing, Brock Shiori. So, uh, 
I, I, it's a really good pairing with her and Utami. It reminds me of a Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor, although the size difference isn't quite the same. The the match style kind of is, you know. Yep. Yep. Excellent. So, uh, good matches. It sounds like yes. they were great matches. Yes. Stardom Gold Rush. Top three women's match of the year, at least. Shiuri versus Utami Hayashishita. WWE's Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair is also on the list. Now, Boris, let's get to New Japan ex-stardom historic crossover because we see another match that's going to contend for women's match of the year or just match of the year straight up on a lot of people's lists on this show. 100%. 100%. Before we get to the actual results, uh, got to ask you, and I think it's obvious just the way that we're talking, but I need the answer. What did you think of the show overall? I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know what? I found it easier to watch than Full Gear. I don't know if I would call it better than Full Gear. Full Gear was awesome. The coronation of Max was great. Five great matches. But this was such a fun and easy watch that... Uh, you know, I had a lot of fun watching it and I breezed right through it. Having said that, I did skip the pre-show because when I, when I turned it on, I saw five hours and I was like, oh boy, I'm not doing that. So I did skip a couple matches here and there. Uh, to be fair, I watched all of full gear and I skipped a few here. So maybe if I didn't do that, I'd feel a little different, but yeah, this was just a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Let me tell you my experience because this is, this was my, this was my Saturday, Sunday. This was my weekend in a nutshell. I watched full gear like everyone did, did the after party. Um, but I, w I was in and out of the after party because I was listening to the uh, press conference uh, yes. just to report back. The after party was done by 1.30, 1.40. And the only reason I remember it was 1.40 was because I made a joke that in 20 minutes, I'm starting the New Japan Stardom show. Went right into the show, kind of uh, chilled a little bit, went and started watching the New Japan Stardom show, Went that went until I want to say seven in the morning. So it was a five hour ish show. Now that now that I think about it, uh, yeah. then went to watch some F one Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, <laughs> last race of the season. Um, then right after that, jumped into the World Cup. So yeah, that was my weekend in a nutshell. When did but, you sleep? Uh, between stuff. Now. <laughs> The reason why I bring that all that up is because, you know, you just said that this show was an easier watch, per se, than Full Gear, and my experience was the exact same. You know, I felt that even though I, for both shows, for Full Gear, I should say, I wasn't taking notes. This show, I took a couple more notes. Obviously, we're doing this show, so I had to, uh, but uh, watching the Stardom show was a lot easier. It felt quicker. There was something about this show. You know what it felt like? It felt like a, the baseball all-star game. And the reason why I say the baseball all-star game is because everyone was still trying. No one was phoning <laughs> it in, but everyone was a little more tranquilo about stuff. Yeah, it definitely had an all-star game feel. And yeah, like full, but, full gear was not an all-star game in the sense of... I, I, I don't want to uh, insult the level of talent. Lots of talent on there, but when we say all-star game, we kind of mean like foot off the pedal yes. a little bit. The foot was not off the no, pedal. Full gear, full gear was elimination game against yes. AEW. Like they've had a shitty summer and fall. Full gear, in my opinion, was the like the show to right the ship, right? So everyone was on deck. Everyone was like, you know, going guns a blazing in that show. Absolutely. And it was like, 
Yeah, it was a high-pressure environment. A lot of people delivered. I think overall, every match was good. Even Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose. I like that. But this is not a full-gear podcast. This is a historic crossover podcast. And for whatever reason, I just I, I found historic crossover easier to watch. Perhaps it's because some of the matches were easier to skip. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't need, really super need to watch the eight-man tag uh, uh, with United Empire versus Los Ingobernables. God bless your boys, boys. Or was it a 10-man tag on the show? I don't know, because I skipped it. But I wouldn't skip anything on full gear yep. because it was that elimination game, you know what I mean? But that that meant I had to sit through five fucking hours of wrestling. But, but that's what I mean, that that this felt like that all-star game feeling, right? And And, and that's part of the best way to put it because there was some great stuff on this show. Let's get to it. But Matt, we're the young guns. We're done with star ratings. We're every, you know, if this is the first time you're listening to us, first of all, thank you and welcome to our our madness that is Bam Weekly. Um, but we're done with star ratings. We rate each match out of five something, something, you know, something de jour. Typically something a little funny about what we're watching. And um, the way that we rate our matches is we rate it as the full-on presentation. We we call it our pillars. Yes, yeah. the in-ring is super important, but we also take into consideration the commentary, the presentation, the camera work, everything, like the entire presentation of the match as we are sitting on our couches. Yes, I don't. Yeah, we don't want to get too far into the weeds here, but it seems most people, namely Dave Meltzer, and we bring him up because we love him, friend of the show here at Sunday Night's Main Event Radio. This is not meant to be an insult. It's cool that people look at things different ways, but it seems like Meltzer and a lot of people will rate matches just based on the athletic feats that happen in front of them from bell to bell. Bell rings, bell rings again. All of the flips and cool stunts that happen are rated as though it's a figure skating or gymnastics performance. And that's totally fine if that's what you're doing. But that's not kind of not what we do. I think we see the promo before the match and after the match and the angle and all that stuff the same as a headlock here on yep. this podcast. You know what I mean? And that's just kind of the way we look at it. So our match ratings are slightly different. But at the end of the day, I think we kind of land at the same place that most fans do really like, I think we're trying to represent what the casual and the, the normal quote unquote wrestling fan is trying to see, from these matches. For example, Shaw, not Shaw Michael, sorry, Macho Man versus Ultimate Warrior, uh, WrestleMania seven, 1991. That is a five-star match. Fight me if you disagree. That's why we love stardom. That drama, that human emotion, that can be found in this promotion. And that was found on this show, Boris. All right. So with all that said, what are we going to rate each match out of? Well, this was uh, the greatest crossover in wrestling history, perhaps one of the great crossovers. We got to go crossovers out of five, be it, uh, you know, Spider-Man homecoming or like Allen Iverson crossovers. We'll see how I'm feeling. But. All right. So I'll quickly talk about the two matches that happened in the pre-show. We had the L.A. Dojo versus the Japan Dojo, Clark Connors, Alex Coughlin, Gabriel Kidd and Kevin Knight versus Oscar Lube. Uh, Yuto Nakashima, Ryohei Oiwa, and Kosei Fujita. Fun match. This was a really fun match. The LA Dojo are a little more established, right? They're not your typical black trunks, black boots, can only do a limited number of moves type of dojo. 
Um, and that was very obvious in this match, but it was a very, very fun match. Now, yeah. the LA Dojo ended up winning this match. Good match. Enjoyed it. Can't really rate it because it's a bunch of young lions. Well, this is what I this is what I mean. It's it's every New Japan pre-show match you've ever seen. But I thought overall it was pretty good. Like you said, it was a sprint. If I had to put a rating on it, I would go three Simpson guys out of five. That's the Simpsons family guy crossover. Maybe three out of five at best, you know? Yep. All right. Then the Sturdum Rambo was a perfect opportunity to just get as many people into the show as humanly possible. But at the end of the night... It was God's Eye, that one, representing God's Eye, I should say. It was Mirai representing God's Eye that got the win in the Stardom Rambo. Yeah, a bit of fun, a bit of comedy. Overall, you'd kind of, you'd probably have to say it was bad, but a bit of fun. We're going to go two Abbott and Costello meet Frankensteins out of five for this one, Boris. That's. I love that. All right, <laughs> let's get to the main show because the show kicked off with an excellent match. It was Chaos, Leo Rush, Yo, Yomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi versus House of Torture's Evil, Sho, Yujiro Takahashi, and Dick Togo. Yeah, what, a, what an eight, man, again. So the babyface team, Leo Rush, Tomohiro Ishii, Yo, and Yoshihashi, four wrestlers I like, even Yoshihashi, versus Dick Togo, who I loved but is way past his prime, Evil, who no one on earth likes, Sho, and Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Pimps. What an eight man this was. Yeah, this was a good match overall, right? Okay, I have to say, though, the MVP of this match was Leo Rush. Oh, Leo Rush is so great. I love Leo Rush. I hope he finds out what it is he wants in this world and professional wrestling. I hope he gets it because it feels like this man of anyone in wrestling today is the most in his own head. Sometimes I'm in my own head. I feel like I understand Leo Rush. I feel bad for him in some ways, but he doesn't need my sympathy or pity. Uh, I just hope he figures it out, man, because this guy's fucking talented. I love Leo Rush. That guy's great. Insert Cranberry song. Uh, the end saw Togo standing <laughs> on the back of Rush's neck. Togo wrapped the garret around Rush's neck. Yo attacks Togo from behind. Yo drop kick show. Togo rakes the eyes of Yo. Rush and Yo connect with a 3K to pick up the win for Chaos. Good stuff here. We're going to go three and a half Avengers Infinity Wars out of five. Three and a half Infinity Wars is. is all right, moving on. The next match saw Queen's Quest, uh, Saya uh, Kamitani, AZM, and Lady C versus Donna Del Mondo's uh, Tekia, Himika, and Mai Sakurai. Yes, yeah, so this one, this was a lot of fun. It's, it's just so cool to hear Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton call a stardom match you know what i mean like it, this was this was a pure stardom six woman tag lots of fun uh I, I i enjoyed it i enjoyed the call i really like izumi's work i love some thekala uh austrian ass kicking baddie thekala she might come over to the states uh in a couple of years but yeah good stuff here Exactly. Um, so we got Sakurai with a running boot. Kamitani hits the schoolboy suplex for a two count. She then drags Sakurai to the corner. Kamitani connects with the 450 splash to get the win. The ending dragged. 
but it made sense. So your winners were Saya Kamitani, Lady C, and AZM. That was a very fun match. Um, yes. So yeah, Everything, Queen's Quest yeah. got the W. Absolutely, Queen's Quest with the 450 splash from Saya Kamatani, a very protected finisher in stardom, if I am not mistaken. And yeah, this is everything it needed to be. Three WWE and Scooby-Doo's out of five for this one. Beautiful. The next match, classic for Boris. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. This is seven stars on the Boris scale. 100%, my friend. It had four of probably my favorite wrestlers in the world considering that Zack Sabre Jr. you know that I went I did a full 180 on Zack Sabre Jr. I did I had zero time for him for the longest time. I thought he was talented as as as, as talent can be, but I just never bought him into him. But he is the man and he teamed up with Julia my girl, Julia. I've been following Julia since she showed up in stardom in 2019. Um, so it was Julia and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shuri and filthy Tom Lawler. The entrance of Shuri and Tom Lawler just made the show an instant classic. Uh, Shuri and Tom Lawler. This was this was so much fun. This match just just uh, you could tell that all four people were having a blast, which is just like that's the best kind of wrestling. You, wrestling doesn't always have to be war serious, and sometimes it's great. I love Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. You know that's an all time classic. But this is so much fun. This is just a nice palate cleanser in wrestling today. The post game press conference with uh, Tom Lawler, just like gushing teaming with Shuri, disappointed that he he let the team down, but hopeful that he could team with Shuri again. Shuri's saying she, she she wished that she wore jeans and danced out. She didn't realize what she was getting into. It just, uh, just warms your heart, this match. It does, you know? Even Julia and Zack Sabre Jr.'s uh, post- uh uh, show presser was hilarious because Zack Sabre Jr. wanted to team up with Julia more o- more often, and Julia was kind of like p- toying with him, playing with him. It was it was really good stuff. But this match had it all. Tom Waller, Zack Sabre Jr. I want to see this match at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, like we have a best of seven brewing between the elite and uh, the death triangle. I want to see best of seven ZSJ versus Tom Lawler. That's that. Those are two guys that I think could really explore the space in that format. But at least give me one ZSJ versus filthy Tom match or give, give me death. But yeah, I, 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 I love this. This was the most fun match on the show for sure. What, what I love the most is the fact that you just said it. It was the most fun match of the entire show but we had julia and shuri who are going to be facing each other at the end of december to you know for for the red belt so it's like they 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 just had they brought a little bit of fun in this long-term storytelling that they're that they're having right now so this was like so well booked i love the the uh the point where tom aller kind of was getting his ass kicked because he's like look let us do our thing so julia and shuri both uh teamed up against tom lawler for a little bit it was a lot of fun this match was just a ton of fun so lawler rocks saber with a forearm smash saber dodges the step up in ziguri and then he connects with the european clutch to get the win for himself and julia 
Yeah, really beautiful spot there. Tom Lawler locking in a, a rear naked choke, that MMA influence, and Zack Sabre Jr. seamlessly rolls through into a European clutch, like you said. Just a beautiful spot from uh, two great wrestlers, four great wrestlers in this match. Uh, this was the best thing on the show to this point. Uh, we're going to go three and a half. Skip to Malou's. Remember Rafer Alston? He had a sick crossover, buddy. Three and a half Rafer Alston's out of five. Love it. The next match, a lot of fun, uh, considering that it had some people that I don't give a crap about, and then one person in particular who I absolutely adore. So this match was Tom Nakano, uh, Natsupoi, Taichi, and Kenemaru versus Starlight Kids, Momo Watanabe, El Desperado, and Dookie. Uh, just another super entertaining, uh, the word you have to use is fun. Another party match here. Literally a party when uh, Natsupoi and Kanemaru spit whiskey into their opponent's faces. And it was funny, Natsupoi sold the whiskey so well because she's supposed to be, she's, you know, she's the princess and she's not used to drinking. Uh, just a lot of fun in this match. A, a mixed eight-person tag. I think, uh, like we said this in the preview, but the stardom wrestlers far outshone the New Japan wrestlers in this one. The stardom wrestlers were the highlight by far. Yep, Nakano hit the Twilight Dream. Watanabe then clocked Nakano with a baseball bat. Kanemaru blinds everyone with the Satori surprise. Stereo super kicks to Duki and Watanabe. Taichi connects with the Black Mephisto to get the win for Taichi, Kanemaru, Tam Nakano, and Natsupoi. Yeah, we're going to go another three and a half. Let's go three and a half. Uh, Jason Williams, remember him? White chocolate. Three and a half white chocolates out of five. Yep. All right. The next match was probably the match. The It was a good match, but it was probably the, the match that I was least interested in at the end of the day. And that was uh, Hutami Hayashishida and Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, versus Micah and Hiroki Goto. I would disagree with you there just because I was so excited to see the pairing of Utami and Tanahashi. It's such as, a natural team. It's like Shawn Michaels teaming with female Shawn Michaels. As I was saying it, it's like, okay, I should give a little more credit to this match. Uh, but I'm just thinking if in the through the entire card, this and the next match were the two that I'm like, okay, whatever. The next match for sure, but this one... I would say out of the all the crossover matches, this one was uh, the one that, uh, you know, I, I, I liked it, but it was like, okay, cool. I, I, I quite enjoyed this. There was one spot that was seeming a little iffy, but I loved the way that New Japan booked it. If you're going to insist on doing intergender uh, wrestling and, and action, like men hitting women, this is how you do it. So briefly, Tanahashi is kicking some ass on Goto. Micah comes in, starts throwing forearms at Tanahashi. Tanahashi's kind of like, what are you doing? Like, please don't make me do this. And then he hits he hits a forearm on Micah, drops her. Goto and Tanahashi get back into it. And then Utami hits a sling blade on Goto. And then Micah suplexes the shit out of Tanahashi. And that suplex laying out Tanahashi made up for the fact that babyface Tanahashi hit a woman. Because at the end of the day, she chided him. You know what I mean? So I thought it worked out. It was clever. I think what happens too much in American wrestling is man versus woman. Man beats the shit out of woman and wins. LOL. Thanks for paying your ticket. You know what I mean? I hate intergender wrestling. I hate it. I hate it. But I didn't hate this. So that alone, I think it's a big W for New Japan here. 
Exactly. And I was a little nervous like when, when you were messaging me. It's like, no, 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 no. This wasn't intergender. Trust me. There's always going to be your intergender spots, but this was mixed rules and they had fun with it. And I think that the booking of the uh, intergender uh, spots were brilliant. I agree. I think I, though I had more fun watching the mixed tag, I would say this is the best match so far on the show, especially like on the Dave Meltzer scale, for sure. This is the best yeah. match on the show so far. All right. So we just talked about this. Hayashishida with the sling blade. Micah with a backdrop driver to Tenhashi. Uh, Hayashishita clotheslines Micah. Micah slips off Hayashita's shoulders, uh, but uh, drop kicks. Uh, Micah drop kicks Hayashishita. Hayashishita with a blue thunder bomb, but and then connects with the hijack bomb to get the win. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Utami, Hayashishita for the win. Yes, play an air guitar as they walk up the ramp. That was Gotta the best. love that. That was the best, yeah. We're going to go, I, I like I said, I think you could argue best match on the show so far. I enjoyed it. I'm going to go as high as three and a half. A star is Burns's. That's the Simpsons crossover with the critic. Shout out John Lovitz. I love that episode. Absolutely That's love so that good. episode. It's so good. <laughs> it stinks. All right. <laughs> the next match was the match again I, that could have been out of the card and I wouldn't have cared. And that was. I got to be honest with you, Boris. I can't rate these next two matches because uh, I skipped them. So this is all you, homie. All right, so it was Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takaki, Sonata, Hiromi Takahashi, and Bushi versus Aussie Opens, TJ Perkins, Francesco Akira, Gideon Gray. Fuck Gideon Gray. Uh, I just I, I just don't understand why they include him <laughs> in anything. It's just like, come on. Come on. You're not, not a gray man, eh? I, I just can't stand him whatsoever. <laughs> and I can't stand the fact that Los Ingobernables keep jobbing to Aussie open left right and center Bushi delivered a rewind kick uh, we got a big boot super kick combo double lariat to Bushi Aussie open connected with the Coriolis to pick up the win uh, United Empire gets the big W what I did like though was that Aussie open was heavily featured in this match as we go into the World Tag League which starts tomorrow Tuesday November 22nd and I predict Aussie Open to win, challenge FTR. We get FTR, Aussie Open 2 at Wrestle Kingdom. So at the very least, Aussie Open was heavily featured in this match. I agree with pretty much everything that you have said here, especially your, uh, I, although you have, it seems like you have a good hate on for Gideon Gray. I have a mild dislike <laughs> for Gideon Gray. The knockoff discount Don Callis. The wish.com Don Callis, as they say. One hundred percent. Um, I would honestly have to put this one on the Mendoza line, two and a half uh something. Two and a half something. I don't even know. You gotta think of something two, for me. Uh, two, two and a half uh two and a half civil wars. Yeah, yeah, let's let's all right, let's that's a good one. All right. The next match. Again, you know, this was an all right match at the end of the day. It was Kazuchika Okada. The Great Muda and Toru Yanu, sure, versus Jeff Cobb, <laughs> the Great Okan, Aaron Hanari with Gideon Gray. That is the all-time Tony Khan Adderall trip of a of a team, the all-time universe mode of a team right there. Yeah, I, God bless Great Muda. I've seen it. 
I just, I didn't need to see this particular trios match. I'll see more of Muda. You know what I mean? I can, I can miss one on the tour. That was my feeling here. Yeah. We'll watch the Noah match with him and Sting, right? Yes, exactly. Is it Noah or DDT? It's Noah, right? It's Noah. Uh, yeah, he's wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, I know he's wrestling Shinsuke for Noah. Yeah, it's got to be Noah. He works for Noah. Yeah. Anyways, this match was all right. Uh, Yano did the inverted atomic drop. Okada whips Hanari across the ring. He then drop kicks Hanari. Muda connects with the Shining Wizard. Okada then plants Hanari with the Rainmaker to get the win. For his team, after the match, we kind of saw uh, Great Muda doing Muda stuff. Great Muda then spits in the face of Great Okan one more time for good measure. Continuing that story, it was kind of weird that it was Hanari getting the pin, not Great Okan, not Great Muda. Sure, why not? But overall, this one was again. I'm gonna have to put this one on the Mendoza line. Yeah, not what I would expect there, but sure, yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get back to the show because now it was the sub-main event, the eighth match of the night. And it was for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, a match I was really looking forward to and, in my opinion, lived up to expectations. Uh, though I think that Shota Omino was a little nervous. I think it was a little, there was a little, little, little few bugs in his stomach in this match because uh, it was Will Ospreay, your champion, versus Shota Umino. Yeah, good match. I would go as far to say as to say great match. Probably won't show up on our list, but you know what I did love and appreciate was the Hayabusa gear. Will Ospreay coming out looking like a zillion bucks with the Hayabusa tribute gear, which he okayed with Hayabusa's family, posted about it on Twitter. Very nice, very respectful. Gave a place to uh, donate some money. Uh, and man, it was just like, ace look here and the in more ways itself. than one a great look yeah yeah and yeah. the gear itself is going to be auctioned off amazing yeah it's beautiful it was, it was so good it was just honestly to me this just elevated will osprey like everything about him over the past few months has just been elevation which is kind of funny because that's the name of his former song yeah, that is that is hilarious, and he is taking a big, big step up, man. Absolutely. Yep, and this was a really good match. Really, really good. Not great. Pretty good. You know, it's like um, this might make the list, but not the top 122. It might make, like, our shortcomings list. Yes, the, the cuts list. Maybe. I don't know. I would say, like, great performance from Osprey. And we're spoiled with, with so much good wrestling that maybe in 2022, the year of our Lord, this is right on the line of a great match. Probably won't be on the list, but still worth your time, especially if you're an Osprey mark or just a general New Japan fan. Go watch it. And Go watch that just for the gear. Yeah, and kudos to Shota, man. He This is, like, his first match back from Excursion, and he takes the L. And he puts over Osprey like a million bucks. Just the way that he left the ring after the match, right? So let's talk about the end yeah. first. Osprey nailed Umino uh, with the hook kick. Umino then did uh, a pop up uppercut with a. And then he turned that or 
followed that up, I should say, with a twisting neck breaker for a two count. He followed all of this up with an elevated death rider. Osprey then answered that with a pop-up forearm, and he hit a hidden blade for a two count. He delivered a second hidden blade. Osprey then planted Umino with a stormbreaker for the win. So what I really enjoyed about this, and I, I know I'm going to sound uh, like a hypocrite, but it is... You know, the hidden blade, he had to do multiple hidden blades to put Shota Umino down, plus another of his signature moves to fully put uh, Umino down, right? I enjoyed that for the simple fact that, like I said, the guy just got back from excursion. You're trying to build him up strong. He's clearly someone in the eye of management who they are trying to prop up to the next level. Strong showing from everyone. And at the end of the day, Will Ospreay look like a billion bucks. I, I can't argue that. Yeah, it was a lot to put him down. It started feeling a little bit like PWG, sometimes AEW, where everyone kicks out of any everyone's finisher a thousand times. But at the end of the day, I, I think it worked. It helped put Umino over while putting Will Ospreay over. I think overall, including the gear, maybe it's uh, three and three quarters with a half star bump up for Will's gear. We're going to go four Flintstones meet the Jetsons out of five for this one yep after the match you know all of united empire is celebrating uh like i mentioned earlier shota umino is kind of like he, he's 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 hurting and he's falling everywhere because he's hurting that much again really making will osprey look great i loved the line that you heard at the top of the show with kevin kelly saying that will os there's no doubt that will osprey is now the best bout machine as soon as that line was uttered i knew what was going to happen things go uh, uh the money mark gideon greg gets on the mic says that will osprey is the best ever things go dark and we get kenny omega making his return to japan challenging will osprey and the story is essentially kenny omega left to aew and will osprey was the next but he's dropped the ball and you can't blame the pandemic. You can't blame this. You can't blame that. He essentially dropped the ball, and he's here to get the key back. And Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay in the Tokyo Dome. Dave Meltzer going on vacation right now to gather up stars to throw at this match <laughs> January 4th. I can't wait to see it, though, man. This is going to be incredible. Arguably the two best wrestlers in the world. Arguably, for sure. You know, it's Kenny looked amazing at full gear, like just physically, like he just looked like he is gearing up, fully gearing yes. up for a huge <laughs> ah. match. Absolutely. No, man. Yeah, it, it, there's there's a good chance that the best match of 2023 it is this right here on January fourth, yeah. but we're gonna. I, I think it's pretty clear. Will Osprey is gonna win in Japan, and then they're gonna run it back in the United States, possibly on Revolution. Who knows when they do it in the states? Forbidden but it's gonna too. happen again. Yeah, yep. we'll see. Yep. I hope the next Forbidden Door happens in Japan. I hope it's a once a year or twice a year thing, right? Like once a year, yearly, but yeah. different locations. Interesting. They could do it overseas, maybe. Yeah, you could do it in England, but then Will Osprey would kind of have to win. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let us talk about the ninth match, the main event for the IWGP Women's Championship: Kyrie versus Mayu Iwatani. It was two 
of the three daughters of stardom going at it. Mai Iwatani blames Kyrie for leaving. Mai Iwatani calls Kyrie a part-timer. She says her heart's not in this anymore. And Kyrie kind of playing the heel in this match to a certain extent. Here to prove that she is here for the right intentions and she is here for the top prize in I the IWGP I, women's division. Kyrie's pretty much a heel in stardom. Yeah. I think. Yeah. For sure. I think so. But excellent storytelling. Excellent match. Matt, what did you think of this match? Just just a war, man. And just knowing that Kyrie had a sprained ankle over this entire weekend. So she worked a 30-minute draw on a, on a terribly sprained ankle and then came back and had this match, which might be the match of her career, one of the best matches of Kyrie's career. This was incredible. Uh, just a perfect way to start the IWGP women's lineage. The women's championship history begins with a with a banger. Uh, I would say another all-time classic. I don't know where you would rank it versus Shiuri and Utami the night before or versus whatever uh, women's match you would say, but this is at least in contention for women's match of the year, if not match of the year. This was awesome, man. This was just a, a fucking phenomenal, brilliant wrestling match. And both women gave it their all. Knee strikes, tupa, tombstone pile drivers, jumping on the outside. They even had the, you know, the they did everything humanly possible because they needed to put the other person down long enough. And they both wanted that IWGP championship so bad. Let's just jump to the end of the match. And there is just so much happening. Iwatani nailed Kyrie with the Tombstone Paul Driver. Iwatani then did a bridging dragon suplex only for a two count. Uh, this got Kyrie to respond with another spinning back fist. Uh, she did an Alabama slam, a diving elbow drop, did the insane elbow, and all of this was good for just a two count. Kyrie then hits a form. Um, shivers Iwatani hit the crucifix bomb for another two count Iwatani kicked the right shoulder of Kyrie, trying to you know, really uh, injure the arm throughout the entire match she's trying to uh, stop Kyrie from doing the insane elbow Iwatani with another bridging dragon suplex for a two count uh, Iwatani blocks the spinning back fist then she does another dragon suplex but this time onto the ropes Kyrie avoids a super kick um, does a big boot for another two count, drops Iwatani with a spinning back fist. Kyrie kicks Iwatani in the ribs, plants Iwatani with this insane elbow for the one, the two, the three, your winner and new IWGP Women's Champion, Kyrie. Kyrie. So yeah, we uh, we talk about this a lot in our podcast, but if you're unfamiliar with our rating system, four out of five usually means great. Four and a quarter out of five means something special and is going to be on our list at the end of the year, probably. Four and a half out of five is all-time classic, something we will remember for years, something that will go down in the history books. I think this has to be four and a half out of five minimum. I think we're starting there for this match. And I, I think that's a safe place to put it. We're going to go four and a half, Allen Iverson crossing over Tyron Lewis out of five it is an all-time moment. It is an all-time classic. We will remember it for years. Yeah, this match was so good. And and I think you're right. Like like let's, you know, part of the pillars, the fact that this was the crowning of a new champion, the crowning of the first 
lineage or the beginning of the lineage of the IWGP Women's Championship, that already gives this match a little extra points, right? But the fact that this match was just an instant classic, the fact that there was so much deep storytelling, the fact that this match was as physical as it was, the fact that Kyrie kept going back and forth with Iwatani, like this match had it all. I, I was thinking that Mayu should have won up until the moment that Kyrie did win and the way the match played out. I kind of feel like Kyrie needed this win more to establish that she did belong back in Japan. She was just as good as Mayu. If Mayu would have won, it kind of would have put Kyrie off to the side. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think this was very important for Kyrie's career to establish her at that upper, upper crust, the top, top echelon of Joshi superstars. And uh, yeah, this is just, just an incredible match. And ultimately I do think the right person won. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, I was team Kyrie. I knew Kyrie. I knew that Kyrie is going to win this match. Um, you know, just, just because this belt will likely have a little more to do with in the States. And like you said, it kind of felt like it kind of, her return is now complete, right? She's yes. back. She's back full time. She's not, they're half-assed. She's not there as a part-timer. She is there full-time representing the women of stardom in the IWGP. Absolutely. And, yeah, so at the end of the show, she uh, grabbed the microphone, challenged the locker room. Tam Nakano came out to answer the challenge, which wouldn't necessarily have been my choice, but I do think that's a really good opponent. I think, like you said, uh, American and more casual fans watching Wrestle Kingdom for the first time. Or, or just in general, it's people who don't watch stardom, they were they will take to Tam Nakano's style, and I think it's a good opponent for Kyrie to beat to defend the title over. So I I like that choice actually. At the I, I think that's not the call I would have made, but I'm okay with it. That's where the show ended. Now, let's go into the make believe world because I needed to ask you this: Do you think? Instead of Tam Nakano, that would have been Io Shirai coming back if she had gone back to Japan like what was being reported over the summer. 100 million percent. That's an excellent call. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I think that we would have seen the return of Io Shirai. Like, what a perfect ending to this show it would have been seeing the three daughters of stardom in the middle of this ring. That's an excellent call. That is absolutely what would have happened uh, had EO uh, gone back over. But yeah, Triple H, Papa H got that contract done, and now she's on Raw in six woman tags all the time. Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) That is what it is. It is what it is, right? Yeah, he can't win them all. He can't win them all. So that was the show. (laughs) Yeah, two excellent matches, two classics from stardom this weekend. Two uh, that will be in the top 25, 30 of the year for sure. Just a, just an awesome show and so much coming in the future, big homie. That is right. Keep it locked here on Sunday Night's Main Event. If you like stardom, if you like New Japan, if you like NOAA, if you like DDT, if you like Big Japan, if you like progress, if you like anything out there that isn't WWE, that isn't AEW, the band boys got you covered. Yes, sir. We're watching that weird shit that you don't gotta. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> watching exactly. that Noah. W- watching that uh, Destiny Pro Wrestling in Toronto. Watching that Progress over in uh, you, you, the the UK. Now we're we're doing it up here. We're also watching the World Cup. Speaking of the UK, they're playing Iran right now. We got to go check that out. Yeah, I have the game right beside me. 
All right, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for uh, joining me. As always, always a blast chatting some wrestling. And thank you to everyone who has listened. If you're coming from Sunday Night's Main Event, go to SundayNightsMainEvent.com. You can sign up for all the podcasts, at least the free ones, because we do have a Patreon. If you want to support the show, support the creators, we are all normal people, normal fans like you, um, but we like talking about wrestling. Patreon.com slash Radio is where you can sign up for just $5 a month, and you get one wrestling show just about each and every single day. Plus, you got the flagship show a little bit early, a little bit longer usually, if it makes sense. Um, and you also get a Zoom link because after every major pay-per-view or premium live event, we have an after party. And not only can you participate and watch the show live, but you can participate. Kind of screwed up that one, but you get the gist. <laughs> if you're listening from BAM, nice. thank you again, BAMSportsEntertainment.com. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Stay tranquilo. Check out BAMSportsEntertainment.com. We're going to have more writing there coming up in 2023. We're working on that. Also, check out uh, Boris's World Cup Date daily podcasts coming at you wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the regular BAM show is probably going to be out Wednesday this week, I believe. And finally, 